<laughs> this is his subtle way of telling me that that story wasn't very interesting. Like in the back of your, the back of your bed, there's this one porn star. Like, am I a joke to you? <laughs> AFI. Backstage stories. Boom, and we're live, dude. I love, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get used to these. Uh, like everybody, everything that I'm dealing with these days, it's all Zoom. And this is the first time, like calling with you, calling with you, that I've even seen Skype. I feel like Skype is a, is like the Facebook, and Zoom is Instagram or TikTok or something. Like, why? I mean, whoever invented Zoom, like, got so lucky that Corona happened. <laughs> yeah, of course. There have been those evil memes that um, the 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 CEO of of Zoom somehow started coronavirus or something. <laughs> Dude, I would not be surprised. I, I had never heard of it at all. And now it, it's like Skype doesn't even exist anymore. Now it's only Zoom. I'm getting sent, like I'm getting emails about meeting IDs and, and passwords. And I never knew anything about this at all. All of a sudden it's like, achoo, hey, that's Zoom, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. But it's not even that nice. And I just realized because um, when I'm in Zoom calls that are organized by my company, by the radio station... Um, there is no limit to it. But when I want to do a Zoom call with my basic private account, it always cuts me off, off after yeah. 40 minutes. And I would have to buy some kind of um, some kind of abo for 10 bucks a month or something. Really? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's super weird. No, but I mean, the, I guess the only really cool thing about it, though, is that you can... Um, well, like, for example... The first time I ever used Zoom and I had like the whole staff at this day job, I work at a, at a, at a Grundschule at an elementary school and we had to have a Zoom call to talk about, you know, the upcoming pandemic and how we're going to change the organization and everything. And then we had, you know, this screen with like 30 something people on it and I hadn't seen any of these people for upwards of five or six weeks. So, you know, the first moment that you open it up, it's kind of cool. You, you see everybody at once and you see all their homes and everyone's struggling, you know, the camera's reversed or the microphone's muted or they don't have the right headphone in yet or something, or you hear kids in the background. And um, it's kind of cool. But then very, dude, very quickly, I found myself um, zoning out uh, or just realizing that, you know, if, if I feel invisible, then I kind of am invisible in this and everyone just has to raise their hand like they're back in school or put a thumbs up if they like what the person, the mediator said. So it's not, I don't know. I'm not, it doesn't really make sense. I don't know. And I'm in a kind of situ situation. I have so many video calls regarding my job Yeah, that I'm totally out when any of my friends and that has, has, um, that has nothing to do with how much I like them or not. Um, but I don't want to do <laughs> any private video calls. It just fucks me up. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what happened. Like I ever since um, Corona happened, I feel like people forgot about normal phone calls. Yeah. And the, and the best conversations um, regarding social distancing I had within the last eight weeks basically happened over 
a regular phone call. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think when you're calling colleagues or when you're even just talking with anybody about anything that isn't like one of your best friends that you want to catch up with, it doesn't make any sense that they have to see you face to face. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. If you hear them on the phone, you get the same, um, you get, you still hear the tone, you get the same expression. And honestly, they're more relaxed. They're not, they're not like the pressure of, you know, being seen. So of course, people who talk with audio are going to give you probably more information. It's going to be more chill. Yeah. And even when I'm, I don't know, just having a chat with a, with a friend of mine, um, and I would do a video call I would either have to sit in front of my computer at my desk, which I basically did already um, the 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 biggest part of the of of the day because I'm I'm working there, or I yeah. would have to carry my phone around uh, with me like this all of the time, <laughs> just swinging it in front of your face. And sometimes <laughs> when you want to have a conversation with friends, I don't know, you want to drink a beer, smoke a cigarette, whatever. Yeah, And every exactly. time it's like, oh yeah, I have to, to set up the, the laptop here and the phone there so I can quickly roll a cigarette or, or get a beer from the from the fridge or whatever. Oh, and with a phone call and headphones in, you're just free. Dude, funny that you mentioned that. Last night, so my uh, I'm in a German course right now and uh, it was twice a week. It's like an intensive course, twice a week, uh, an hour and a half each class. And since Corona happened, they've moved over to Zoom. And I mean, the last thing that I want to see in my house are these, you know, six people that I barely know struggle to say the same things that I'm struggling to say. I don't, I, it, it's not a very comfortable, normal thing for me to think about. And last night, um, we kicked off a Zoom that I hadn't joined yet. So I was joining like for the first time in a, in a little while. And um, I, like, I finally got the schedule late or something and, and, and joined in. But anyway, I... It was at like 7.15 and I had been at this school the entire day. I had come home. I had um, just a couple of hours to myself and then I had to prepare for this Zoom. And man, by the time that they wanted to start, I was starving. I wanted to have a beer. I just wanted to kind of relax. So what I did was when they called, I, I answered uh, with no video. And uh, then the teacher was like... Um, Like, what, like, hello, Jordan, um, it's nice to meet you, I'm the new teacher for the Zoom lessons, different from the teacher you had in the classroom. You know, we can hear you, but we can't see you, could you please turn your camera on? And then I, 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 I was sitting there with, like, a slice of pizza in my hand, like, <laughs> literally licking my fingers, <laughs> and I went, um, I'm really sorry, you know, my computer's broken, it's very old, I, uh... <laughs> I have to get it fixed at a shop, but you know, of course the shops are kind of complicated right now. So, uh, she was like, Oh, well that's a shame. And dude, honestly, it was one of the best German classes I had because I was invisible. I could see, <laughs> I could see all of them. Not that I needed to, but like the fact that they could not see me and you can just press the space bar when you want to talk. And when you let go, you're muted was great for me, man. Like If someone was talking, so what did you learn? Uh, yesterday, yesterday, yesterday we let's see. I have it right here in front of me, <laughs> Mr. Big Shot. Let's see. Yesterday, ah, well, I can tell you. I can tell you what one of the exercises was. So, one of the exercises was um, setzen Sie das passende Wort ein. So we had to fill in the blank um, with these these very. Uh, I guess they're. Prepositionen, prepositions. 
And this for me is really like, it's like doing calculus because for me, there's no reason why one fits and one doesn't. And then the next sentence sounds exactly the same. And then the other one fits and the other one doesn't. I don't know. There's too many of them. There's just, oh, there's a, I mean, Hey, you're right, man. There's way too many. Oh, like for example, like I understand, you know, like reflexive verbs, I've got a good handle on like, um, um, ich interessiere mich. Like I'm, you know, I'm, it sounds dumb in English, like I'm interested myself in this topic, but it's kind of like saying, I myself am interested deeply, you know? <laughs> um, but you'd say like, ich interessiere mich für Flugzeuge. So like, I'm I'm interested myself for Flugzeuge, that's air, airplanes? Yeah. And then you have like, er bewirbt sich um die Stelle. But I don't know why it's, or, or no, for example, like, freuen Sie sich auf die Einladung? Like, are you excited or are you pleased with the invitation? And we spent like 15 minutes explaining why it's, why it's uh, auf and not über, because apparently auf is like, oh, it's in the future. I'm thinking, I'm so, I'm pleased with the fact that I have been invited and I have not uh, been to this thing yet. And then über is like, I'm, I'm invited I'm invited here in this moment and I'm thinking over it. And I don't know, it's but just you gotta, tedious. You gotta think it more basic because it's I guess more similar than you, you might think because ich freue mich auf oder freuen auf you could easily translate with looking forward to. Right, right, right. But yeah, I, I, I somehow understand. I mean, you have a point. Like, yeah, you have a point. I mean, for sure. Like, there's whenever some. It's funny. Like, whenever some Germans explain some things a certain way, and it comes out of nowhere. Usually, it's at a party or just really, really random. Then all of a sudden, it just clicks, and I go like, "Oh, well, well, I get, I get that." But you know, for some reason, I have such a hard time with lessons. And I, I, I you know, I can't really blame the teacher. I mean, she tries her best, and and this other guy. He was also really cool, but there's something about taking it in in the moment that I just don't just don't get. But I have to tell you, since all this uh, started, we mentioned the apps on the last uh, podcast, episode six. But um, we're doing uh, German lunches at home now, so every every lunch where I'm not at the school, which unfortunately is not this week, I'm there every day which is crazy um i'm so at risk for corona but that's a different conversation um <laughs> but um whenever i'm home and uh and if he is uh working from home and we can have lunch together then that 35 45 minutes we i've we realized because we weren't doing this in the past the best this is probably good advice the best um way to do to speak with someone that you know, whether it's a partner or a friend in a language that you're learning, is, man, pick a theme. Pick a topic. We had we had just never solved that easy puzzle before. We were always trying to speak together, but, you know, if you don't have a subject in mind prepared, then you very quickly lose your steam because then you're just like, oh, wie geht, wie geht es dir? Oh, das Wetter ist schön. Und was hast du heute gemacht? Und was ist passiert? You just really end up thinking like, what are you, like, what are you doing? Oh, the weather's nice. And it, it's very quickly you start just overthinking things and you're hating the whole 
you're hating the whole thing. But what we, we decided to do, because she she writes for film, we met in film school, we both have a big passion for films, um, we decided, like, you know, we watch a lot of movies. We watch probably um, easily four or five films a week, sometimes more. And we decided, hey, let's just talk about the film last night. So one night we watched the the 1990s classic Jerry Maguire, which has not aged well. Es hat, es ist nicht gut geartet. And we talked about recently the, um, the I think it's Robert Eggers, the new horror, horror psycho, psychological horror film, uh, The Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. And each lunch after these films, we, we would just talk about them and just vent about it. And um, it was so much, it was so much more interesting to find. I had the, I had the lust, they say, like I had the passion to want to find what I wanted to say because I was genuinely interested in the topic. And I think that's the, that's the key that we didn't have for a long time. Yeah, but I can totally refer to that because basically what we are doing right now is kind of the same thing for me. Obviously, I have been learning English from, I don't know, um, my first year in, in high school on, but... Oh, so you didn't start, you didn't start until gymnasium. Yeah, you start at elementary school for, for two years, but it's, dude, it's like, it's like your, your level of German you, you got after your first three months or something. It's like, ooh, there is a blue house, I don't know. And there is a long street <laughs> like this level. You can just yeah. describe basic things you see. Um, yeah. But still, for me, it's 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 kind of the same. And I'm when I'm listening through the episodes, I think I can hear more and more progress because I'm I'm kind of forced to um, express myself in English once a week. Um, yeah. And obviously, and I, I don't know if this um, distracts many listeners too too much when I'm when I'm searching for some some terms or something uh, within the episodes. I mean, if, if honestly, not to interrupt you, but if they're listening to a podcast called Artsy Fartsy Immigrants and they're judging one of the people talking that's struggling with language, then they really found the wrong podcast. <laughs> true, true that. <laughs> no, but it's 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 um, it's it's my lunch, my my German lunch. Um, is the artsy fartsy recordings. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Your German lunch is the podcast. And I have to say, I'm very thankful that you, um, that you give so much effort because it's very encouraging. I think for me to also dive back into German as much as I, as much as I can, because, you know, I think when you live in a foreign country and, uh, the people around you are always speaking your language, you tend to forget that they're speaking a second language and even when they struggle for words, like it becomes so second nature to you. I mean, for me, whenever you struggle for a word, I, I literally don't think about it. I, I, I don't hear it, you know, like I, I don't notice it anymore. And because I have so many friends who are German who occasionally are looking for a word and that's just become the norm for me to be in a conversation where that happens. So, um, like, for example, my friend, our, well, our friend Tim Hecking, you know, he his his mother is uh, Welsh and his English is, is quite good. We almost never have uh, any any glitches in the conversation, but uh, there are still moments, of course, where he's looking for something. And usually it's because he he's very emotionally intelligent and he usually wants to express something very 
specific about how he's feeling on a certain topic. And uh, sometimes he needs a moment to, you know, you can picture kind of like what I'm doing now, like two hands making circles in the air, like, um, uh, you know, um, man, uh, give me a second, you know, when this blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, that's so, I, I, I talk to him so much and I talk to you so much that that just becomes normal, but it's funny. So you don't want to say he didn't age Welsh. <laughs> That's terrible. That's you know that's such a bad joke that Tim would love it. Tim would love it. He would love that joke. Oh my god. Oh man, I have to tell you. Um uh I know that we we wanted to 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 focus in on a on a certain topic today and we can we can get there, but I just wanted to say um you know, I usually don't use this podcast for uh self-promotion, but I did just want to mention I'm so glad that um you know this new album was uh, will be distributed by this great uh record label from Hamburg called Pop Up Records and um what what I'm trying to say isn't about this but that's just something you have to know because um some of the bands that they've worked with are some bands that I've cherished and admired and loved since I was I don't know 15 or 16 years old and I just wrote two friends today one friend was um, my friend Cody Hopper, and um, for those listening who are fans of the show Ozark, Cody Hopper is actually a full-time employee of that show, and he is Jason Bateman's stand-in. Have you seen that show before? Okay, yeah, Ozark is this amazing show on Netflix. It's got three seasons now. The third one just dropped like a month ago. And it has Jason Bateman from Arrested Development and other other movies and shows. But um, so he's a friend of mine from I don't know since middle school, and um, you know he and I were the black sheep of the town and super close and attached to each other and kind of needing each other as much as we gave to each other. And the other person was uh, Todd Gurley, who was the founder of this record store in in our in our hometown called Top Shelf Records and me and Cody were always um uh, at this location we became very close friends with Todd and you know we still have a group message that we we write we wrote on it today but um because of this record label recently picking up this album I I man I had this this is such a nice feeling but I I had to write them to tell them like guys can you like did you imagine like or could you have pictured you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago or whatever, hanging out at this record store and, you know, listening to these bands and really ever imagining that this dream of any of us having any sort of anything in common with them would actually come true one day. And uh, I told them that I'm so happy and thankful to to have them in my life and that we've stayed connected and that we've stayed interested and invested in good music and you know, when they told me that they were proud and they told me that this is, you know, kind of a kind of a win for them too, you know, it just, it made me so happy. I just wanted to to tell that because I think it's kind of sweet, but um, I love that, man. When you reconnect with, with old friends over, over good news. I think it cut out after you, you finished your monologue and I wanted to react. When you say react- monologue. 
<laughs> Makes me feel like I spoke way too long. <laughs> but that's what podcasts are for, man. <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, yeah. But that was kind of the only that was the kind of news that I wanted to 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 bring about. But um, yeah, we'll have the first the first single of the album coming out at the end of next month on May 29th. So we'll um yeah we'll we'll talk several times before then but um yeah it's just it just we just announced it on Instagram yesterday so I was just excited to to talk about it um but yeah so I, I want to know you know how how, how jam packed are you with with uh you know video calls with your job and stuff because it seems like it's like I forget how busy people can get from home office and man it really seems like you're one of the busiest people i know from home office so my my home office works like i'm getting up at 7 30 having breakfast and then starting work at yeah it depends on the days but mostly something between 8 30 and 9 a.m um until until one then I have lunch break and every day from Monday to Friday on um, around 2 p.m. I have a, a video call with my with my boss and some colleagues. Every day? Every day. Why do you have to have a, a conference with your colleagues every day? Because basically nobody in this radio and TV station is working from there except of our boss at the moment. He's in the office. Yeah, but the, he's the only person. <laughs> and you know how how, how busy um, the, the, the hallway of M94.5 usually is with, <laughs> I don't know, 50 people being around there. Maybe if there's any, I don't know, big broadcasting, maybe more, whatever. And so everything has to be organized from home and that's super tough. And right. some people work, some people don't. <laughs> right. Um, and that's why we have a call every day around two or exactly at two. Um, and then you have different calls for different projects. Like before we started recording, I had a video call, um, which was about f- feedback for uh, a news podcast we we launched last week, and w- which will be released every Monday from now on. Oh, really? Um, and so you have you have, I don't know, like four projects going on and you have calls for that and your your daily call with your boss etc and so at some point you just don't want to see people through uh <laughs> through your computer yeah that's exactly how a lot of these teachers feel that I'm with right now like some of the teachers and some of the TAs feel i mean honestly they're kind of working overtime in a sense and i'm not too concerned about saying this because i know that no one from the administration of the school even knows I do this podcast, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not worried about it. <laughs> but uh, and plus, I'm not going to say any names. But um, you know, a lot of these teachers are doing uh, essentially overtime because you know now that everything is kind of unorganized and kind of scattered with uh, Zoom calls, they're using um, you know a, 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 first off a German education software program that is by far not as advanced as and I'm not I'm not even bragging here but North American and normally I don't know Chinese or Japanese education online programs are so much more user friendly and advanced um and there's definitely a handful of famous ones that anyone in education listening would know about and we're not using those and it doesn't really make any sense so you have people who are not computer savvy even if they are a little bit 
struggling to learn how this program works, and then setting up all of their curriculum for the whole week. At the same time, plans are changing, and then they have to like communicate over Microsoft Teams, and then sometimes that isn't working, and they have to save these files, but they don't know where they are, and then sometimes only certain people have access to them, and then at the school, they... Um, you know, no one, the, the, big, the biggest issue for me, because I'm a big old lazy fatty, is that nobody can use the Wi-Fi at the school. So, you know, even in, in a normal <laughs> school week, we're there from, you know, I don't know, eight until sometimes 4.30 or five, and, and there's no Wi-Fi. So, you have to use like the, the school equipment, but it's not up to date and it's not totally functional with the programs that they that they want those teachers to use. So, Man, they're, you know, sometimes they're getting emails at like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. They check them at home. The plan changes for the next day. They have to catch up. And I mean, honestly, even if you're doing home office, unless you're doing like freelance work, you really shouldn't have to be so concerned with checking emails before, you know, 8-ish and after 6-ish. Yeah, but it's the same issues for me. And basically, if I would counted i th- guess it would turn out that i'm working way more hours than i um did before when i regularly went um to the office to the radio station and worked my my shifts there for sure for sure it's it's so um i, I don't know it's it's a tricky time because i mean i saw this article that came out on um i mean i know that vice creates a lot of clickbait and I definitely don't, I just breeze over a lot of the stuff that they post on Instagram, but they had one article that I thought looked pretty interesting and I will be honest that I did not read it, <laughs> but, but the, the article, um, title looked pretty interesting and it really makes more sense now. And I think I might go back and read it, which is that, you know, doing home office doesn't mean that you're 24 seven on call. And I, I think a lot of businesses are kind of taking advantage of that fact, thinking like, well, if they're home, then they're available, you know? Yeah, and on the other hand, you have, I don't have these issues, but I have I know it from a lot of people um, where you have, um, like, their bosses are somehow conservative and don't trust these whole working through computers from home story and whatever. And for them, they believe, okay, if you're not at your working space, you're not working. Right. And that leads to 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 some form of they don't trust their their employees that they can um that they can bring the same effort and have the same the same workload. But there is no alternative. So they can in in, in many cases they cannot return to their office or construction place or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they have to work from home. And then you have people who don't trust them that they get their shit done at home. Yeah. That's also super, super weird and somehow super dumb. But I think we're, I guess, eight or nine weeks into this now. And probably many people at some point got that for many meetings and for many for many basic jobs... You don't have to meet with this and this and this person in persona. You can just have a quick call. Everyone does what he he's supposed to do, and you're fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a really, I think it's a really tricky time for a lot of industries. I mean, I'm, I'm, there's a few people in the, who freelance, who I think this might even be a better time for them. Like I know a lot of um, writers and uh, painters and musicians and stuff who are kind of thankful for this time. Um, some of them are a bit more like me. I, I work so much better with a pretty strict deadline. When I have a, a smaller window, um, no matter how much the workload is, I tend to do better work and I tend to do it really on time. But, um, and I think some people who are similar to that with all of this open freedom and not really anything, you know, paying them to do it, I think sometimes the creative juices run quite low, but maybe some people are also very thankful for this time because one thing I've heard a lot of people talking about, which I can totally agree with, at least before and after school stuff, because on the weekends it's like this for me, but a lot of people have said that they're so happy that everything kind of feels like it's slowed down. And I think for people in your job and and now especially these teachers I'm working with, I mean, Jesus Christ, um, it's definitely not the case, but at least maybe a few weeks into this, um, everything kind of slowed down and you feel kind of connected to everybody in a sense, because I don't know. I mean, that's what social media tries to do is try to, is tries to connect everybody, but I feel like it isolates them even more by far. Um, and I, um, I know that I'm kind of spiraling into different things here, but, um, one of my favorite comics is Tom Segura. And he was talking about on his podcast, how, you know, comics will release comedy specials on Netflix and then they'll try to convince themselves to, to not go on Twitter and to not read all of the um, feedback, like the reviews and stuff. And he said, even when he goes, when he says like, okay, I'm going to do it. And he goes and he looks at all the comments. And even if they are just like page after page positive, he says, it just gives him this anxiety. And I think social media does a very terrible job of bringing people together. Usually it's just fueling a fire that doesn't even need to be there. But for some reason, in a, in a strange way, Corona forcing people to stay at home and finding humor in this strange, uh, you know, tragic time uh, is kind of bringing people together. And especially the fact that everything kind of, for some people, slows down. You know, a few days ago, we, um, this might sound tragic to some, <laughs> to some young people, but we didn't have internet. Our, our internet was down for, f- for like three, four days and, um, or even longer, I think maybe four or five. No, no. Anyway, it doesn't matter it, but everything here, when, when we were at the house, you know, I, we, we found ourselves more productive and, and also not so stressed about finding time for certain things. Like I didn't want to waste the data on my phone, looking at apps all day or posting things or checking things or, you know, going on YouTube or, or whatever, or going on Netflix in the middle of the day. Like we constructed things and moved things around. We painted walls, we cleaned things, we played, we did a puzzle, we, we, we did card games, we played table tennis and, you know, and finally in the, in the evening, like later, later on around like eight or, or whatever, then we watched a movie that I already had um, saved on my computer, but that was kind of like the reward for the day. And it felt like the whole thing was just more connected and slowed down. I, do you ever, 
I mean, now, like on on weekends, for example, or when you're free from your um, hectic schedule at the station, do you do you feel that too, or or not? Totally. And I, but even before Corona, I tend to force myself to to get offline for for a certain amount of time on in my free time on the weekends, whatever. Um, like here, I'm. Because this whole situation, even home office, is stressing me out in in many situations. What I do then is obviously because of the the the, the scenery here and the the, the mountains, etc. I go hiking. I I, I get the bike and um, ride to to some some mountain lake or whatever, and either leave my phone completely at home or turn it to to flight mode and get it in my backpack or somewhere but not within my within my my little pockets in my pants so basically at a at a spot where i don't have direct access to it um and that's something that's something i do and just to get off and and the the, the big advantage here is that when, when you the place where you used to live when you and you, you stay in oberstdorf um, when you go all the way back, that 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 well, valley that starts there, where your house was, you get to those valleys, and at some point you l- totally lose connection, and that's something great. My my best friend who also lives here, he will be he will spend his whole summer at a, at the Alpe, like a little little hut in the mountains where they they have cows over the summer to. To 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 feed them on the on the fresh mountain grass with all the herbs in it and whatever, you know these kind of things. And he spends his whole summer back there. Um, it's like twenty kilometers away from here, and they don't have any connection there. And he says he's so and he's a he's a gamer and he's super into many different topics regarding the internet or technology or whatever. But he says he's so happy about to just. Be offline for a whole summer. Oh man, I would love that for a whole summer. I mean, I, I it, you know, even for a week or two, it's it's kind of nice. But when you can really soak into it and really get used to it, it's so nice, man. You know what's it's it's yeah. Do you know what's also better offline than online? What's that? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you're talking to, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the worst um, uh, transmission to our to our main topic of the episode ever. <laughs> you're the Segway King, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know, we we wanted to we wanted to dedicate this episode to the topic of of like you know it's kind of like sex and sexuality and like talk about some stuff, but we just kept rolling with it. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me hear about the, now that we're, now that we're, now that the, um, the oven's hot, I want to hear about, um, let's say, you know, young Moritz, uh, has, has crossed the threshold of puberty. He's uh, into his, he's now into his teen years. And what was your first exposure to porn? Exposure to porn. Also, uh, Moritz, uh, if if your mom is listening, I apologize in advance for this. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. Maybe I find some way to make your mom listen to the podcast as well. Like, oh, oh, my, oh. Uh, <laughs> actually, um, I, I, uh, I've never listened to. I've never watched. I've never listened to porn. Ever. I, I, I just, go, I just go to church and uh, pray every day, and uh, I'm still a virgin. <laughs> mom, you gotta believe me. I never listened to porn. <laughs> I never listened to porn. What's, that's I always mute them. Okay, now. it's it's not that bad. I always mute them. <laughs> Oh my god. Um my first exposure <laughs> to porn. I don't know if I if I if I get the the exact situation but I guess I was like 12 or 13 years old. Oh shit, wow. Really young. I mean in my in my opinion, like my story was uh, around around, <laughs> around 13 years I I guess. Yeah. Um and you're in that in that weird in be- in be- in between time so in between being a child and being a teenager um and at some point um i don't know especially regarding boys someone has a poster of a of a of a naked woman somewhere or whatever right. and at some point get at some point you get there that it's it's a thing so sexuality is a thing basically right. because I don't know how it was in your childhood, but um, in my elementary school times, it was like, "Yeah, girls are weird. I don't see why I have to. I, I have to to do anything with them <laughs> in whatever in whatever um, circumstances." <laughs> um, like, why are they important? And <clears throat> then, yeah, I guess I was thirteen years old, and obviously. It has been some form of, of, of photography or something. So I yeah. don't think yeah. it has been. It's been some 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 videos and stuff. Yeah, that always comes later, right? I mean, at least for for us, it did. I think I think maybe you're the last. I think maybe you're the last generation where photos came first. I think nowadays, yeah, dude. At the school, there was a kid who was like nine or ten years old, and he was discovered uh, watching porn on like a high schooler's phone in the bathroom dude okay yikes i i feel so bad for that kid i mean he's gonna be i i, I don't know <laughs> if, that, if that's gonna fuck him up but i think that's way too young to see porn of course i mean jesus no. christ dude he's not even yeah. he's like prepubescent um, yeah and, and and when i was 13 at least i'm obviously there 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 already has been some some technical technical progress in many in many ways but in in my um, in my sort of bubble, I did not have any device that I could even access some form of of, of porn, and my my phone didn't as well. It was a super basic phone. It had internet access, but you gotta pay a shit lot of money for it for like being two seconds online. So that <laughs> so was like, an option uh, either. <laughs> what, did, what, did um, you, what did you have to Google so urgently, Moritz? <laughs> <laughs> it was for school. <laughs> no, so I guess it was some, 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 some form of photos. I don't know. Some of some friend, it was kind of a joke. Got a, got a playboy magazine or whatever. And you, you're looking on on printed boobs for the first time or something like that. <laughs> I'm I'm going to I'm going to tell you a funny story. Um so when I was like 15 years old, uh I was hanging out at this Top Shelf Records place and there was a magazine um 
it was a music magazine somewhere around in the shop. And on the very back page of this magazine, there was a page. And I, I don't know what year this was. Maybe it was like 2004, 2005. And it was like... um. It was like a list of all of the popular female actresses of that year or of that, you know, of that era. So it was like, I don't know, Jessica Alba. I remember her being there. And it, the thing was, it was, I think it was 12 of them. I think they were trying to sell a calendar or something, but um, none of them were naked. It was only pretty women that you could recognize in bikinis either clips from movies or, or, you know, caught on the beach or something. It wasn't like, it wasn't very provocative. It was just like nice images of pretty women. It wasn't like hypersexual or anything. Um, and I remember there was even, um, I don't know if people watched the Animatrix, the animated Matrix short films that came out during the Matrix trilogy years, but one of the women who was a 3D person, not even real, was in a bikini and she was one of the women. Um, but I remember I, I don't even know if I told anybody there, but I, I ripped the sheet out and I put it in my pocket and I went home and for, I don't know, a week or something, maybe less, a few days, that was the source of my, of, of Jordan's pleasure time. <laughs> and I remember one day I was taking the bus home from school. It was around three thirty in the afternoon and for some reason, I was just really, really, I was really pumped, man. It was going to happen. I was really looking forward to it. So I came home and I uh, went into my bedroom and uh, just as stereotypically as you can imagine, it was, I had it under my mattress. So, <laughs> yeah. So I I got into my room and I closed, I said hi to my, my mom was home. It was just me and her. And I said, hi, I went right to my room, shut the door, got on my bed and like, you know, got kind of like ready. And then I reached my hand under my mattress to feel for this paper. And it had a particular texture to it. I think it was like, you know, vinyl or something like a thick paper, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't feel it. I felt a different piece of paper. And I thought, huh, maybe I, maybe I misplaced it or something. And then I, I, I pulled it out and it was a folded piece of notebook paper and I unfolded it. And of course my heart's racing and the piece of paper is, has, it has some writing on it and it says, it's in the trash where trash belongs. Love mom. <laughs> Savage. I'll never, I'll never forget that. I mean, it wasn't even nude. It wasn't even, it wasn't like blowjobs or something. It was just like Jessica Alba in a bikini. And my mom threw it in the trash. Dude, that's how conservative and protective they were, man. Like I couldn't even look at that. So it took, took a while for me to like branch out further and find, find my own, you know, pathway to pornography. But, um, man, that was not the first time my parents caught something that I was looking at, but definitely that was like the, well, that wasn't the last time they caught me, but it was the first one that I, that I can recollect. But did you have this, this one cliche moment where one of your, your parents comes in your room with the, with the really, really bad timing? Uh, yes. Um, 
another kind of <laughs> another kind of funny story. Like I'm, I'll I'll keep it. Um, I'll I'll just mention the most important part in in um in relevance to your to your question because the backstory of me having. Yeah, but I, got I time, don't. Jordan. That's the problem. Because I, I think I, I, what I think we should do is we should make <laughs> this like sexuality part one, and then next week when I have more time, we can do sexuality part two and really dive deeper. Um. So so the the backstory of me having the disc that I'm about to describe is a really really good story, and it connect it's connected to the the arrest stories that I told at the beginning of the Corona specials. Um. Ooh. So that's a really cool story too. But basically. Because of some interesting things, I had a scratched up, hardly working, pornographic DVD. And I happened to have, as part of one of my Christmas wishes, uh, one of those like itsy bitsy tiny like little mini laptop looking DVD players. Do you remember these? Of course I do. My my dad at some point got one and um, attached it to the to the to the back of the headrest of the of no. the driver's seat in the car so us as kids could watch on a on a i don't know if we were driving to italy for for vacation um and it was an eight hour ride we could watch like like two movies that's awesome there but the problem is those things were so poorly manufactured that y when you were when the, the road was bumpy or something The DVD oh, yeah. would stop. Yeah, they were they were really cheap. It was like the the like the early CD players before they had the anti skip buttons. <laughs> um, so I had one of those too, and I had this DVD in there, and I was in my bedroom, and I was playing. And the thing was, like this this thing, I mean, this DVD barely worked. It was so scratched up and so obviously overplayed by other people <laughs> that I can tell you about later. And um, finally, like one of the scenes worked. And it was just so crazy to see it. You know, I just had never really been exposed to it. And I had never, ever owned a pornographic DVD. I mean, my generation <clears throat> was already, you know, we were like the internet babies. So already everything that I was exploring and looking at was online. So this was the first time I was like, wow, it's real. It's here. It's in my house. It's a DVD. I can hold it. It's crazy. And um, yeah, I was playing a scene and I hadn't necessarily began the process so to speak but i was quite ready <laughs> <laughs> and you know the adrenaline of like watching it and you know the excitement like the taboo of it and stuff was just pumping through my veins and the moment that i really was like prepared to start my dad like just swung open the door and it was just like the most classic <laughs> thing the most classic movement you can you can imagine from a teenager from any movie where it was like i slammed that dvd player closed so hard it could have broken just pop and then i and then i pulled my like i had a blanket over me and i just kind of like pulled my knees up and i was like hey uh, hey what's up dad what's going on <laughs> and he was like what are you watching and at the time i was really into dimitri martin this uh, stand up comic and i had i i did have one of his dvds thankfully And I just, I just slammed it and was like, oh, you know, I'm <laughs> just, just checking out some more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so obvious, man. My dad was, you know, he, he let a lot of things go. He was kind of cool. He was kind of like, oh, all right. Well, uh, hope they're funny. And then just shut the door. 
<laughs> just watching some jokes. Do you know these am I a joke to you memes? I think so. Oh my god. Make with the porn stars. So <laughs> like in the back of your the back of your bed there's this one porn star like am I a joke to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know I I know that um a few of our um a few of our dedicated listeners are not going to love that this one has to be so short. I, I do have to, unfortunately, I have to call it already. Um, but I would say let's let's do. You know, this is just the beginning of an iceberg, and I want to know so much more about your, you know, your first dates and your first experiences, and you know, comparing the differences and stuff. And um, I have so many, so many funny stories I want to tell you. Um, but I have to end it here. Um, but I want to say. You know, thank you so much for your time, Mo. I know you're super busy right now, and we had to kind of cram this in when we could. Um, but I'm really glad that we were able to do it, and it felt super cool. It was really chill. Um, yes. For any of those uh, Sar- people listening who who enjoyed the show, um, please go on um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and please give us um, a good review or a rating or a comment or something. It really helps new listeners find the show. And honestly, just even telling a friend about us goes a long way. So um, thank you so much for, for listening. And um, yeah, have another great week. And hopefully everyone stays safe and healthy. Arzi Farzi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.